on pop culture and politics. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A great day for the economy, or is it? It's uh, certainly a day that the stock market seems to like. The Dow Jones Industrial Averages have turned positive up more than 200 points because of the Federal Reserve announcement. The Fed ordered the uh, biggest interest hike in 28 years. Uh, 75 basis points, as they say, three quarters of a percentage point uh, interest is going up. Usually that's considered a bad thing. Uh, this time it's uh, considered, well, what exactly? Certainly there's a sense of relief and a general sense that the Fed has done a right and necessary thing. They just did it too late. Uh, there's a great deal of commentary about that. Will it prevent the Democrats from having a disastrous uh, election coming up in November of 2022. The primaries yesterday that included a special election where a Republican won a district, the 34th district in Texas, uh, for the first time ever. And this is in the Rio Grande Valley, was considered to be a heavily Latino district that was a surefire Republican win. Well, a surefire, pardon me, Democratic win, uh, and that was taken for granted. But a Republican, Mayra Flores, who's very charismatic and effective, energetic, young, a Latina, she becomes the first member of Congress ever to uh, be elected who was born in Mexico. And yes, she is a legal immigrant to the United States. She is a uh, Republican who, by the way, like many many Latinos, is not somebody who is in favor of unlimited and free, uh, unauthorized immigration in this country. We will get to that, the other results of primaries, in terms of two Congress people in South Carolina that President Trump wanted out of the House of Representatives. One of them won, and one of them lost incredibly badly. I mean, Trump had great success in a very conservative district, and so did uh, the the um, Mr. Fry, who was uh, uh, determined to <laughs> knock off Congressman Rice. So they used a slogan of Fry that Rice. Well, they did. Uh, Fry, the pro-Trump candidate, won by a rate of almost two to one. It wasn't even close. Uh, meanwhile, will it be close for the Democrats, given all of the economic problems that they are facing right now? Uh, one of the things that's fascinating is that uh, there are people on the left who are recognizing how extraordinary uh, the indication was from Texas 34, where Mayra Flores, as we mentioned, just won. Uh, Don Lemon had a panel of people on his show on CNN, and they talked about this story and why it was so significant and so very surprising. Uh, this is clip 18. Listen. This Texas 34, the, the district is run under the old lines. So Biden won this by four. Republicans going to win it tonight. And then in the fall, I think it's been redrawing into like a, like a Democrat plus 15. So it'll probably go Democrat in the fall. However, 
84% Hispanic re, uh, uh, population in that district. Uh, Hillary Clinton won this district huge. Barack Obama won this district huge. Uh, Biden, it was a narrow victory for him. You can see, in, in terms of like larger macro political issues right now going on in this country, to me, tonight, Texas 34, the movement of Hispanic voters towards the Republican Party in that part of Texas, to me, is, is one of the biggest stories of the night. I, I know it's not quite final yet, but it's a big deal. We were all predicting uh, quite some time ago, even before Joe Biden's approval ratings got to the point that they are, the Democrats are going to have a hard time because historically that's what happens uh, to the president's party um, in the first midterm election. I think that a lot of things now have come together to make it even tougher terrain for Democrats because of what is happening with inflation. You have a CNN poll showing that that is the number one issue with voters. Okay, and uh, yes, inflation is the number one issue. Of course it is. And uh, the uh, senator from South Dakota, uh, the whip for the Republicans in the U.S. Senate, uh, talked about why he thinks the Democrats are so vulnerable on this inflation issue, even with some uh, good news, or at least people assume it's good news from the Fed today. This is Senator John Thune. Listen, clip four. Let's remember how we got here, Mr. President. When President Biden took office, inflation was at 1.4% well within the Fed's target inflation rate of 2%. And it might have stayed there had Democrats not decided to pass a massive and partisan $1.9 trillion spending spree under the guise of COVID relief. Mere weeks after Congress had passed a fifth bipartisan COVID bill that met essentially all current pressing COVID needs. The Democrats' so-called American Rescue Plan sent a lot of unnecessary government money into the economy. And the economy overheated as a result. And you don't have to take my word for it. Here's what one Democrat economist who worked in the Obama administration had to say on the subject. This is a quote. The $1.9 trillion, $1 trillion American Rescue Plan passed in the early days of the Biden administration will go down in history as an extraordinary policy mistake. Okay, uh, and it is already a mistake that is coming back to bite Democrats and to bite them in a big and serious way. Concerning the election last night, and particularly that election in Texas, District 34, Texas, because of the growth in population, now has 40, that's right, 40 electoral votes. Uh, catching up with California, which actually lost electoral votes. California now has 54. Uh, last night, uh, Elon Musk tweeted about that election in Texas 34. And he says, quote, I voted for Mayra Flores, first time I ever voted Republican. Massive red wave in 2022. Uh, and uh, there was a Twitter user who then responded, asked Musk for his thoughts on Andrew Yang, to which he replied, I supported Yang last time, but DeSantis has a better chance of winning. Uh, that's fascinating because it implies that uh, Elon Musk is now supporting Governor DeSantis. And uh, Governor DeSantis had this reaction, clip 15. 
So what I would say, um, you know, I'm focused on 2022, uh, but with Elon Musk, what I would say is, you know, I welcome support from African Americans. What can I say? Okay, uh, the the reference for people who don't know, Elon Musk is from uh, South Africa, and uh, <laughs> in that sense, he is a a uh, undeniably an African American. With all of this going on and uh, the, the, the prospects for the Democrats looking incredibly grim, uh, we are going to be taking a look at just how big a wave the House Republicans could expect. I, we're also going to be coming up with a uh, uh, Matt Lewis, columnist from the Daily Beast, who uh, writes under the headline, Democrats need a Trump of their own to win in 24. So who could that uh, Democratic Trump be? What he's talking about is a cult of personality kind of celebrity who uh, could seem to transcend politics the way that Trump did when he was first on the scene. And uh, who could it be? We will talk to columnist Matt Lewis about his suggestions and uh, more on the primaries last night, what they mean, what they signify, and where is the economy going exactly with the new direction for the Federal Reserve. We'll be talking with economic prognosticator Jerry Boyer about that and much more, all coming up on The Medved Show. The Michael Medved Show. With all due respect, that's the most ridiculous thing I ever heard. This is The Michael Medved Show. Michael, you know everything about anything. Michael Medved. One of those questions about the uh, results of uh, various elections yesterday. And uh, some of the elections, by the way, from last week's primaries still aren't settled. And uh, it's fascinating because Nancy Pelosi actually had a uh, political action committee that pumped a huge amount of money into the campaign of a pro-Trump uh, right-winger, very pro-Trump right-winger, and uh, somebody who believed in Stop the Steal got money from Nancy Pelosi. Now, why would they do that? Was it a mistake? I think it was a mistake, but it wasn't uh, an error. They knew what they were doing. They wanted their guy to win. That's a primary that's so close in California, it still hasn't been settled. It's a Republican primary. We will get to that. But one of the things that came up in primaries last night is uh, the question of sex scandals, because there were a number of them, and there are a number of stories involving very, very big names in politics with sex scandals, where... It seemed as if uh, after Bill Clinton and after various charges against Donald Trump, including the famous Access Hollywood video, that we were done with that, that that kind of uh, scandal would not have any impact. But now there are Senate candidates and House candidates and many others with all kinds of grotesque charges emerging 
uh, we will get to that and whether that matters anymore or whether it should matter anymore. And uh, coming up, we'll be speaking with Matt Lewis about do Democrats need a Trump of their very own. Meanwhile, the Democrats certainly need something to replace Biden. Everybody seems to be considering that. I, I shared with you yesterday a big article in the New York Times where they were talking about people whispering, and it's not even whispers so much anymore, about the Democrats' deep, deep concern with the president's approval rating, which is appalling. It's, it's falling down toward a, only about a third of Americans. On the economy, it's less than that. It's about a fourth of Americans think that Joe Biden is doing a good job on the economy. But they're also concerned with personal matters, and this is not a question of sex scandals. It's a question of uh, what's happening with Biden. Is he up to the job? And on CNN, they were talking about that. What Van Jones, who I think is one of the most thoughtful people uh, over at CNN, Van Jones asked about what Democrats think when Biden stumbles, which is a fairly frequent occurrence. This is clip 19. I think people had such high hopes when Trump left, that things were going to be great, you're going to get all stuff done. Democrats got a lot done, but promised to do even more. And so when you come up short and you got you know gas prices through the roof, it's hurting the morale of the grassroots. I don't think that will be true in the fall, but it's true this summer. When Biden does well, he does really well. That gun speech he gave, he was perfect. It was it was powerful. When he does badly, when he stumbles, you get nervous and you wonder, is it just a stutter? Is he tired or something else there? And so I think that people are just looking. I mean, honestly, I think I think a lot of Democrats are like, if, if this guy's ready to go, we're behind him. But if he's not ready to go, he should let us know. I think that's what's going yeah. on. And uh, would he let people know that he has uh, other plans other than running for president again? If he gets crushed, his party gets crushed, as many people are expecting in November. And uh, uh, what direction would the Democratic Party go? Would it go to a Bernie-style candidate? Bernie himself uh, has indicated that he plans to support Biden for re-election. But will that happen? The uh, uh, Jim Vandehey of uh, Axios uh, talked about d Democrats being not just worried, but super duper worried about this emerging situation. Uh, clip 21. What's the latest reporting you guys have about how worried Democrats are that the that Biden may be a drag on the party come November? I mean, they're super duper worried, right? You don't want the president of your party sitting at 40% or slightly below 40%. You look at the numbers with independents, you swing voters, uh, often around 30%, sometimes lower. That's terrible. Like, there's no other way uh, to cut it, and Democrats uh, know that. Okay, and uh, again, a, a lot of it uh, is, is Biden has been saying that he got America out of the pandemic and uh, that we are now done with the pandemic. And people want to believe that. People want to believe that with all their hearts. I, I, I share this with you because there are so many Americans who are in denial behavior about this. In terms of COVID cases in the USA, a seven-day average, uh, 
last year, uh, June 14th of 2021, there were an average of 13,951 new COVID cases in a week. Okay, this year, uh, as of today, of the last seven days, 106,000, 106,604. So about nine times as many, nine times more COVID cases this year than last year. Uh, and by the way, last year, there were 343 uh, deaths uh, in the seven-day average ending on June 14th. This year, the deaths are up. It's not just a question of, oh, we still have COVID, but these are mild symptoms. Dr. Anthony Fauci just tested positive for COVID-19. And he's experiencing mild symptoms. But again, at his age, it's serious. And by the way, I don't know if, if you're in a different situation than me, but we went through a years, actually, without having people in our immediate world uh, who came down with COVID. Now there are. They're close relatives who are experiencing COVID. Thank God the symptoms don't appear too bad. But the idea that the pandemic is over and that's a... <laughs> A Joe Biden triumph, I don't think he's going to win any votes on that particularly. And how then could the Democrats win votes and do something to replace Joe Biden with a more exciting candidate? Uh, there's a fascinating column over at Daily Beast that says Democrats need a Trump of their own to win in 2024, maybe a celebrity with a cult of personality is the way the party survives Biden sleepwalking to certain defeat. So who could that celebrity be? There are a number of suggestions, some of them very obvious. Uh, some of them, it, it sounds like almost sure winners if they could engineer the nomination. We will get to that with uh, Matt Lewis. Uh, we'll also be getting uh, later on to your calls, 1-800-955-1776 on The Medved Show. What kind of a show are you guys putting on here today? The Michael Medved Show. Medved show, uh, the Democrats are worried, and there's lots and lots of evidence about that, about the coming GOP wave. I mean, last night, a, a congressional district in Texas, uh, the 34th district in Texas, gave victory for an unfilled term to a young, dynamic Latina Republican. Uh, actually born in Mexico, Latina Republican. And uh, they're looking ahead and wondering, okay, what can we do to get out of this mess in time to actually have a viable candidate rather than a sleepwalking Joe Biden in 2024? 
Uh, somebody who has an idea about what they can do is Matt Lewis, who is a senior columnist for the Daily Beast. Uh, he also does a uh, Matt Lewis podcast, and he's uh, the co-host of the At DMZ show. And uh, Matt, your your piece suggests that the Democrats need a Donald Trump of their very own. Uh, most Democrats would say, Donald Trump, oh horrors, that's not what we need. How can you make that argument? Well, first of all, I think it really is an argument of desperation. Um, they really have problems, and it's not just Joe Biden, as bad as I think he is as a candidate, but they really don't have much of a stable, much of a bench. But what they do have are a lot of celebrities out there. And as much as I lament the celebritization of politics, uh, there are occasions when it works, including Ronald Reagan <laughs> would be an example. And so uh, it just it's the obvious thing to do is to go to a celebrity uh, when you're in this desperate situation. I'm just surprised that it hasn't happened yet. You mention a number of names, and then you come down to uh, a suggestion that I, I think probably would be a viable candidate if that's what the individual chooses. But uh, you mentioned Matthew McConaughey. He, that speech he gave on about Uvalde and about his attitude toward uh, toward bipartisan gun reform, that was an impressive performance, wasn't it? It really was. And I mean, obviously, he has that personal connection being from Uvalde, but I thought it was very compelling. Uh, I thought it was passionate and emotional. And he comes across as someone, I think, who is maybe, you know, a center left person. He's probably a Democrat, but he's not like a crazy woke left winger. And uh, he's someone I think actually could potentially have a broad appeal. And Obviously, it would be uh, a dramatic shift from the normal sort of politician, but Donald Trump was <laughs> was a dramatic shift from the Republican politician. So um, why not? You know, again, if they had a stable full of, of really inspiring, up-and-coming, experienced politicians to choose from, I, I wouldn't be proposing this. But uh, considering the position they're in, I think they could do a lot worse. You think uh, someone like Matthew McConaughey would do okay running in primaries against Kamala Harris? Do you even think that Kamala Harris, assuming that Biden basically hangs it up and decides not to run again, uh, do you really think that Kamala Harris is not a, a viable replacement? Well, I definitely think she could be viable in the primary. You're talking about someone who is the first African-American female vice president. And so shunting her aside would be a big deal. And I think there would be a lot of pushback in the Democratic Party, and, and not just from Kamala's team, per se, but, but from coalitions and or, you know, different uh, identity politics groups who would, be, who would feel slighted by that. But having said that, I think that Kamala Harris is a very, very bad politician, and um, even if she could win the Democratic primary, I, I, I think she would be a worse general election nominee than even Joe Biden would be. I absolutely agree with you. Now, we have limited time, so I'll cut to the chase. You suggest Oprah. And uh, my question on that would be, why not 
Michelle Biden, uh, Michelle Biden, Michelle Obama, uh, because there you have somebody who has basically all the advantages of Oprah plus plus some experience, one could say, at the highest levels of politics. And uh, if she wanted it, don't you think that she would be an obvious celebrity candidate for the uh, Democrats? Yeah, I, I think this is going to be a pod or a radio show where you and I just tend to agree on a lot of things. I think she would be a fabulous choice, and I think she would have a lot of the same advantages that the celebrities have. But of course, she would have maybe you know more political experience and a husband who. Uh, now, again, though, you know, having having a, a former presidential husband uh, doesn't necessarily guarantee success, as Hillary learned. But it probably wouldn't hurt. So, yeah, I would put her in uh, the category. I think she would make a fine choice if she were to do it. She has repeatedly said that, that she has no interest in it. Uh, but, but you know what, man, they should, be, they should be banging her door down as we speak. Well, you would assume so. What, what I think she needs and what I think Oprah would need or any of these people, you mentioned Tom Hanks also, though, Apparently, there's some health concerns with Tom Hanks. Who knows? But with with any of those people, they need an opportunity like McConaughey just had as a big national speech where all of a sudden people say, well, wait a minute. What are we messing around with Kamala Harris or Joe Biden for? We could actually have a uh, an effective fresh face candidate. I, I think you and I feel the same thing, Matt, is that the most depressing thing in the world is the prospect of a Trump-Biden rerun. I mean, do, do Americans really want to see that? I, I can't believe that they do. It really is depressing, and for a, a couple of reasons. First, obviously, um, you know, you have, I think it was John Podhoritz over at Commentary who said, you know, it's, it would be uh, one candidate who's drooling versus a, a psychotic or, or something to that effect. You know, you've got Donald Trump, who we're, we're right now watching these January 6th hearings, making it very clear that Donald Trump attempted to uh, steal the election and, and not have a peaceful transfer of power. And then you have Joe Biden just today, interest rates being raised. Uh, possibly bringing on a recession to stop or or stem inflation. I mean, it's it's I don't know Jimmy Carter versus I don't know who would be the Trump parallel, but it is two really bad no choices. That America America can do better, and besides, they're both a hundred years old too. So, well, that's that's the other thing. I mean, when you talk about all of the celebrities, you're mentioning Oprah and Tom Hanks and Matthew McConaughey. There's also The Rock. Dwayne Johnson uh, has made continued noises about running for president, and he's uh, mixed race. He's ethnically diverse. He is an incredibly likable guy, and he's a great speaker. So uh, <laughs> does that qualify somebody you know, for president? Talked, we should have talked before I wrote this column because <laughs> we could have added some names. But no, you, make, you make a great point, uh, you know, generationally. Uh, that could be another comp component here as well, is, is, is going to someone maybe who's, who's not a boomer or part of the silent generation. Um, and, yeah, again, I, I, I really hesitated to write this column because I, I, I hate the trend of, of mixing entertainment 
with politics in general. I think it's a toxic idea. But, you know, there have been occasions, including Zelensky in Ukraine, where you have a guy who was an actor and a comedian who really rose to the occasion, uh, right man at the right place. Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger, who was the last Republican to win anything in California and uh, may not have been a totally successful governor, but he's he's still around. I don't think he's running for anything. And he was born outside the United States. They wouldn't even have to search for a birth certificate. Uh, Matt Lewis, great talking to you. The column's fascinating. Posted on our website at michaelmedved.com. We'll be right back. America loves him. You're the most brilliant radio talk host in America. Hollywood hates him. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains. Michael Medved. And on the Michael Medved show, we were just talking with Matt Lewis about celebrities who have made big successes of uh, political careers with very little political experience at the time that they at least launched their political careers. Ronald Reagan, of course, the best example, but he did serve two terms as governor of California uh, before he he made a successful race for the presidency. It is worth noting, and it's one of those things that people forget about, is Reagan really did make a push for the presidency just two years after he was elected governor of California. And uh, he didn't quite win the nomination. Richard Nixon won the nomination that year, but Reagan was there. Now, not to compare Arnold Schwarzenegger to Reagan. I mean, Reagan was a great leader, a great president, and actually a great governor of California. But Schwarzenegger hasn't disappeared. And one of the things you may remember, and I know people in Europe remember it, is he made this unbelievably impactful video uh, that raised spirits in Ukraine and addressed the Russian opposition to the war in Ukraine and spoke about that war with great morality and perspective, and now he's doing it again. He was speaking at an Austrian climate conference and uh, talking about the war in Ukraine, which is reaching a very, very difficult moments at at the moment. We'll be speaking about it later in the show. But uh, Schwarzenegger talked about Europe having blood on its hands for putting oil above everything else. This is clip 13. Let's be honest. Let's be honest with ourselves here. The 1,300 missiles that Russia launched in the Ukraine cities during the first two months of the war cost 7.7 billion euros. that's a lot but during that same time europe sent to russia 44 billion euros for fuel so of course the russians are upset that they're losing all their soldiers and they're losing so many of the equipment and the tanks and the planes and all of this stuff but they're saying hey at least we don't have to pay for this war the europeans are sending us the money they're paying for the war no matter how you look at it we have blood on our hands because we are financing the war We have to stop lying to ourselves. Right now, we have all the technology we need to leave fossil fuels in the past. Okay, uh, this is something that he has been concerned about and been suggesting 
since he was governor of California. And and again, it's the the idea that we uh, should uh, do what we can to be less dependent on Russia. That's something that uh, Elon Musk has uh, <laughs> has taken uh, an interest in. And obviously he has a self-interest in it because he has such a big investment in the idea of the future of getting away from fossil fuels. But it's, it's also a part of what uh, I, I think is involved with the president's uh, upcoming trip to Saudi Arabia, which a lot of people have problems with. In other words, what the trip to Saudi Arabia, Arabia indicates is, is exactly why it would be advantageous to go back, and this is contrary to the positions of Biden and Schwarzenegger, to that idea of U.S. energy independence. And part of that energy independence, sure, it's going to involve alternatives to fossil fuels, but it also has to involve developing those fossil fuels and other sources like nuclear power, which is just necessary, and uh, developing that uh, as expeditiously and efficiently and effectively as you possibly can. The uh, Another celebrity uh, is uh, involved in uh, terms of uh, controversy uh, is Jennifer Aniston, which uh, th there's a piece today, apparently there's a huge deal going on on, on uh, social media. Uh, it says, there's no doubt Jennifer Aniston is one of the most famous stars in Hollywood, but as celebrities know, with fame comes controversial headlines. In... 2021, just last year, Aniston came under fire for her views on the COVID-19 vaccine. Why? Because she was an anti-vaxxer? No, she was for it. She said there's still a large group of people who are anti-vaxxers or just don't listen to the facts. She told In Style. It's a real shame. I've just lost a few people in my weekly routine who have refused or did not disclose whether or not they'd been vaccinated and was unfortunate. Uh, plain and simple, Aniston refused to hang out with anybody who didn't get the vaccine. That's what the commentary says here. Several people took to social media to weigh in with their thoughts, and many slammed the star for being so close-minded. When Jennifer Aniston opened her mouth about vaccines, that means I can no longer watch movies with her in it, one person tweeted. I'm sure that had a huge impact. A few others applauded her. I'm like Jennifer Aniston at this point. If you haven't or won't get the vaccine... I can't really call you a friend, one wrote, no pun intended. Now she's coming under fire for a different take. And what she said in the different take is it liked the comments about basically people for their own sake and for the sake of the country at large and for the sake of the people around them getting vaccines and boosters and getting as well prepared for this uh, a pandemic that hasn't disappeared Jennifer Aniston had, had said she's now in hot water for controversial comments she made about some of her peers. During an interview with Variety, she chatted with actor Sebastian Stan about fame. When the topic of Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee's sex tape came up, it was right at the time when the Internet really shaped a new culture about people becoming famous. Aniston pointed out this thing of people becoming famous for basically doing nothing. I mean, Paris Hilton... Monica Lewinsky, all those. 
Actually, it wasn't for doing nothing. They were doing plenty, but uh, uh, the star didn't stop there. She said she feels lucky to have gotten a taste of Hollywood, but it became what it is today. Uh, you're famous from TikTok. You're famous from YouTube. You're famous from Instagram. It's sort of like it's diluting our actor's job, and now a lot of people are saying, how dare she say that? She's a terrible actress. I actually think she's not bad at all. And uh, what she was saying about people being famous just for the sake of fame, that is a, a, a real uh, observation that is worth making. And speaking of observations that are worth making, I hate to disagree with an American hero and a potential presidential candidate, as we were just talking about with Matt Lewis, but Tom Hanks uh, actually just did a, an interview with the New York Times magazine and he, uh, it's coming up, and he was asked, could a straight man do what I did in Philadelphia now? now? No, and rightly so. He's talking about the movie Philadelphia, where he played a gay guy dying of AIDS. He said the whole point of Philadelphia was don't be afraid. One of the reasons people weren't afraid of that movie is that I was playing a gay man. We're beyond that now. And I don't think people would accept the inauthenticity of a straight guy playing a gay guy. It's not a crime, it's not boo-hoo that somebody would say we are going to demand more of a movie in the modern realm of authenticity. Do I sound like I'm preaching? I don't mean to. It, does that make sense to say that at this point, in order to play a gay role, uh, you have to be gay? What about the other way around. Is it acceptable for a gay guy to play a straight guy? You say, oh, that's different. Why is it different? I, uh, I, I think the whole idea of acting is you don't necessarily have to uh, be in real life the representative of who you're portraying on screen. And to say that only gay people can play gay people, only straight people can play straight people is a terrible thing. One of my favorite movies of the year, as you know, is Operation Mincemeat, where Colin Firth, who isn't Jewish, doesn't look Jewish, uh, plays a, a guy, uh, Ewan Montague, who was a big hero of World War II and was actually one of the leaders and prominent leaders of the Jewish community in Great Britain. I have a piece about him coming out in Commentary magazine. But the fact that he's played by, uh, <laughs> by Colin Firth, who doesn't have any Jewish background, this is acting. And this idea that only a handicapped person, what about somebody, yes, like uh, uh, playing a deaf character who isn't really deaf or someone like Daniel Day-Lewis playing a deeply handicapped individual and let's keep race separate that's a different issue in this greatest nation on God's green earth